Hey everybody, welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, just great, great appreciator of all things Yona of the Dawn. Mm-hmm. Joined as always by my lovely bestie and co-host. That's me. I'm Alex. I am an appreciator of all things Yona. We are connoisseurs. We We're going to go with the alliteration. Appreciate and admire. Love that. <laughs> okay, so something really weird happened to me this week. It has nothing to do with Yona, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like friend chat. <laughs> okay, and I cannot figure it out. So I was leaving work. And I was walking to my car on like a residential street. And this guy stopped and he was like hey ma'am or miss i don't know which one but like i am old so i want to say ma'am but also at the same time i am old so i want to say miss but anyway um so he like called out to me and so i turned around and he said i have a projector and it's an extra one do you want it and i was like what and he said yeah i just i have this extra projector do you want it and i was like oh i i mean like my room's pretty small. I don't I don't think I would use that. And he was like, no, it's a really small projector. Wait, is like, this in your apartment, you said? No, well, this was like me leaving work. So I was on the no, street. Work. Okay. And he was in the on car. The okay, that's what I was envisioning. I was like, but that doesn't make any sense. I thought it was like maybe one of the other like four, three roommates or mm. whatever. That you, no, no. Which would no. make sense. But no, this is literally just a random man on the street. A okay. random man who I've never seen and has never seen me before. He stopped me to ask me if I wanted a projector. And so I'm like, this feels wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, this feels like a come to my van, I have candy situation. It does, yes. Except that I am old. So, like, there's no way that that was happening. But you also... Um, I, I mean, I was expecting it to be like, oh, it, it fell off the truck, quote unquote. So it was like sketchy shit that he was trying to pawn off on somebody else. And I was like, I don't want any of that. So I was like, no, you know, it's, it's really okay. Thanks anyway, though. But like, good luck. And so I turned around and he like drove by me and he, <laughs> he said, um, I bet you're going to your boyfriend's house. And I was like, Yeah. Yep, sorry. And he said, yeah, of course. And then he like drove off. So (laughs) I cannot figure out if I got hit on in the weirdest way possible of him trying to be like, I'll help you like take the projector home. Like, where do you live? Let me come inside. Like, we'll hook up that way. Or if he was trying to scam me and then like also hit on me at the same time. It was so weird. It's very bizarre. I have and no that, idea what happened. That, uh, it's definitely also if your flirting style is to immediately like try to get into a girl's home. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Stop. I don't know what the like, next step would have been with that. Maybe he would have just like given in, but like, hey, can I like take you out to dinner? As like to get to know what you would put on the projector. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this would go. That's why I'm like, it's a scam. He can't have been hitting on me from the beginning. (laughs) He could. Okay. But the boyfriend seems to think that it was because otherwise who cares? I well, Yeah, I know. I think they're just unrelated events. (laughs) He was just like, well, I couldn't scam her. So maybe I'll just take her out. And 
weirdly predatory. <laughs> it was so weirdly predatory. Yeah, but at the same time, he was really chill about it. He wasn't like, damn. Like, he took well, it so like, was on said the chin. Bundy, fam. <laughs> Come help me put shit in my car. I am a nice man. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> so, pepper spray out is all I'm saying. Pepper spray <laughs> okay. questions later to quote Georgia Hardstark of my favorite murder. Uh, yeah, that's fair. He does have my license plate number now, though. So technically, he probably could find me. <laughs> I feel like most people don't go through that as far as license plates. Oh, no, I don't think I'm in any danger. Okay. I think that I'm fine. I just can't figure out what his, like, end goal was. Uh, Very weird. One of the weirder ways that I've ever been hit on. Gotta say. Anyway, thank you for listening to me. I've been storing that up for a couple days. I was like, this would be a good story on the podcast because it's so weird. And I rarely have weird (laughs) things happen to me. So, this one. I I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) How was your week? Uh, it's been good. Just been, you know, doing more work stuff. Mm -hmm. And as I was telling you before the pod, it's really weird because I feel like I'm being really slow at things. And I even asked my boss today, like, are you concerned with my pace? She's like, no, not at all. And I just really think it occurred to me. It's like, I had a really unreasonable workload for the longest time. So I don't know what a normal one feels like. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I'm yeah, glad that you don't have that insanity to deal with anymore. Yeah, it's great. And uh, people are just really nice and really food-based, which I appreciate. Like today, um, so Tuesdays we get um, Lamar's Donuts and Panera Bagels for breakfast. Lamar's Donuts, by the way, are, I think, strictly Kansas City-based. Really? I don't huh. believe that they're... I have sworn they were in multiple states. But I'm not positive. Well, now we're going to check. Oh, they are. Look at that. What am I thinking of then? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know we have others. Like, we were talking about today in our meeting, Fluffy Fresh. My Our CMO went on a Fluffy Fresh tangent. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, are they still cash only? He's like, yeah, they're not. They're cash only and they're not very patient. But their donuts are the best. (laughs) Because they're not. Yeah. You really yeah. have to look for that with like restaurants. If they have terrible like service quality, it's either going to be like the worst place that's going to close down in three months or the best food you've ever had. And yeah, they can get away with they, it. Like, can they afford to do it? Yeah, yeah exactly. I remember seeing uh, it was a, a guy we went to high school with, and he had led people to Gates Barbecue, which is one of the more well known. Kansas City barbecues, as you know, it's not one of my favorite. I mean, it's good, but it doesn't like crack my top three. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, this person considers Gates the best, and I guess he'd um, steered some out of towners there. And he was like, he made a status about like they're coming to me and being like they were so rude. And he's like, <laughs> listen, I don't send you to Gates for the service i send you there because they have the best barbecue Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then there's a bunch of comments that are like yeah every time i send newbies over there i'm like make sure you check the menu beforehand like know (laughs) what you want before you go in there yeah yeah and i think 
there was even a meme about it because there was something I think like Kansas City, I think we we won like getting like hosting part of the World Cup for mm-hmm. soccer. Uh, and then someone was like, there was a meme that was like, um, it's the, I don't know if you've seen it. It's that person. And there's just like a tuba directly in his face. (laughs) Uh, but the person was like out of towners here for the world cup. And then the blaring tuba was, um, hi, yeah. Hi, may I help you? Yeah. Okay. That's a good meme actually. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to make no sense to anybody. Um, for anybody who's never been to Kansas City, there is a restaurant called Gates, and every time you walk in, they yell at you, hi, may I help you? That's their, like, thing, and then they just, yeah. like, want to get you through the line very quickly. Yeah, so you just sort of, like, very efficient. panic and have to order really quickly. Was that the place where Tony was conned into getting, like, a panic <laughs> yeah, right? I was going to tell next. <laughs> Please tell it, because I will never remember it properly. Oh, no, that was basically it. It's just he, he went into Gates for the first time and to quote him they knew a rube (laughs) (laughs) yeah they like forced him into getting a family platter and he like he got like a pound of meat or something like that i don't need this much why did i buy this (laughs) it just all happens so fast (laughs) that's what happens when you don't know what you want to gain this is what happens (laughs) they clock you as a rube (laughs) Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So funny. So funny. But yeah, why was I? Oh, food based and fluffy fresh. Sorry, that was oh, I yeah. trying to rewind that tangle of tangent. But yeah, my boss was on a fluffy fresh tangent. I was just like, oh, I miss fluffy. I, I want to go. They're really close to Lamar's, is the thing, but they are cash only. And I never carry cash. So I'm always like, I'll just go to Lamar's and I never go. Is that, is fluffy fresh the one on Johnson Road or is that a Lamar's? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, no, they're both on Johnson. They are. They're really close to one another, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get donuts and bagels on Tuesdays. And then today, one of my marketing team coworkers had gone to some donut place I'd never heard of and was like, hey, I have donuts. And then we had cake because they were celebrating the October birthdays. And then somebody brought in cookies as well. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, people need to calm down. Like, I didn't get the cookies. Surprisingly, <laughs> I said no to the donut. And you know, I love donuts. But that was why I sent you a, a piece of dialogue earlier um, oh yes, that I never yeah. heard, and that's what it was. Was somebody had come in and they were like, "Now there's cookies," <laughs> and uh, the lawyer that I sit across from is like, "Yeah, I know." She's like, "They want us to get really big or something," and that she was just like, and the lawyer was like, "Yeah, I just told myself like, you c- you don't need a cookie. It'll only be a temporary joy." And that's <laughs> when she was like, "Well." I ate your joy. And then she was like, yes, eat six more of my joy. <laughs> They're all just in Okay. The context actually makes it funny. Funny. Yeah. 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 It's just like, yeah, don't eat cookies. <laughs> By the way, I love the lawyer. I sit across from, she's very fun. Um, she asked me yesterday cause I, I like to have candy in the office when it's near Halloween mm-hmm. and I couldn't find my candy cauldron. So I stuck it in, in a little 
jack-o'-lantern that I had and she has a jack-o'-lantern bucket in her office and she was like are you trying to compete with me and I was like <laughs> no and then today I switched out for the cauldron because I found the cauldron and she and I told her I was like oh we don't have competing she was like I was literally about to put an Instagram story showing my called or my jack-o'-lantern and then i was going to zoom in on yours and i was going to caption it it's on site with the new girl (laughs) (laughs) you narrowly avoided catching her hands (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's fun she introduced me to herself and she's like hi baby sorry i'm going to be very loud and i was like that is not going to be a problem for me that that works pretty well for you so that's fine (laughs) it's great so god bless you lawyer amy Oh, that's fun. But yeah. So that has been, thank you. So that has been work corner and food corner and weird shit that just happened to us. My <laughs> projector offer corner. Um, do we have anything else before we get into the recap? Um, I do kind of want to share it. It's like a very silly thing and I'm not finished with the story and I hate how it's going actually, but I have I posted another chapter of the Lily Suan fic that I'm working on and my total word count right now is almost 18,000. It's like seven yeah, words girl. under. I know. And it's by far the longest thing that I've ever written and I'm kind of proud of it. You should be. I love this. But it's getting wild. So, like, I'm not actually proud of the story itself because here's the thing. I started writing it and I had a very clear vision of where it began and ended. And then I started actually writing it and I was like, you know what? Suat needs to heal quite a lot to get where I (laughs) need him to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I have just been sort of throwing in other things and i don't know if it's actually working because i didn't plan any of it beforehand so but you know what fan fiction's free so like who cares fan fiction's free um, oh um this was a long <laughs> a long thought process to get here uh but some people online very kind people on discord have um identified the weapon that we were trying to figure out what it was. Um, oh, at nice. Yotaka. Was that was, yeah. 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 So it is a garlic mace. Okay. Good to know. I love that name for it. Yeah. It, it actually works really well. Um, it does look like a, like a head of garlic. Um, yeah. So the way that this came up was I posted a picture and I was like, Evangelina and I are really bad <laughs> with, um, with weapons. And we were trying to figure what this one out, what this one was out a few weeks ago. And one person said, I think it's Chinese. And I said, that should help. And then another person, um, Sabriel, the one that I bring up like every week, she was like, oh yeah, it's garlic. Like, Sabriel. Okay, well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> it, took, it took you like 30 seconds to like crowdsource this. And we were just like, yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> we are not Love qualified it. to host this podcast, I think is what I tried to say. But oh well, Wait. we're here. Yeah, no, love a good weapons chat. We'll add that to the list of potentials. I did ask that based off the question that I did a few weeks ago on the pod, which of the characters, well, I only gave us four options. Mm-hmm. Um 
I, I don't think I would switch for the, the garlic mace uh, no. from Jiha's Throwing Stars. Uh, but I did do a variation of that question. We were playing the question game uh, at a friend outing um, on Saturday, and we were just all going around the table asking each other different questions. And I did ask, like, what's your, like, what's the weapon you would want to master? And mine remained throwing daggers. And we had a lot of good ones. And I was shocked when Karen, future friend of the pod, we brought her up multiple times. We will have her on the podcast, <laughs> goddammit. Sometime after we get back from Ireland. Uh, yeah. Oh, good yeah. point. I think after this episode, we will take a week off. So yes. look out for that and if you're not subscribed so that you'll get it automatically updated when we do release a new episode but hopefully we should only take a week off but anyway yes that should be next week so yeah that should be next week uh and i asked and but when we got to karen she was like a scythe i really really and i was like really that's really right and then she was like or a glaive i love glaive. i was like oh so you would have picked hawk's glaive because of course she's she's like yes i love hawk's glaive and then i just backtracked to you being like why did like what is this why does he have this it's so <laughs> can i say it doesn't do it for me yeah but apparently there's someone out there who is down I mean, there is someone for everyone, I suppose. Yeah. So, so I think we're just about. Who are we missing? Sword. That's right, because you chose bow and arrow. I guess we just need an old-fashioned sword person. I know you were That's close true. to picking the sword, but I know I cheat. I definitely cheated and chose both. Yeah. <laughs> but you're correct. I did choose bow and arrow. You're trying to fire a sword from the bow. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> sword through bow and arrow oh boy yes improbable anime animators who do improbable battles make yes, it happen. i was just gonna ask why that hasn't been done before i'm sure there's a reason actually probably because you have to put your hand really close and it would probably just like slas your finger right yeah. off i don't know but why that's... i went southern there slas your finger i've never <laughs> done that in my life where did my voice go I was possessed. It would slice your finger right off this point. Yeah, but I mean, but we don't watch shows and anime for like realistic battles. At least specific <laughs> anime. It's like, why is this waif boy carrying a sword that is literally twice his size? Okay. That also came up in the weapons chat on Discord, and apparently swords are fairly light, so Yona would not have a problem lifting the sword. She would just have a problem, like, holding it up for long periods of time, because that takes stamina. Um, I was schooled a lot. It's <laughs> 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 like, very, I mean, I, I, we have said we're out of our depth, but yes, um, that also came up. Yeah, so apparently... Young waif boys could probably carry them around. They just couldn't wield them very easily, is what Which I understand. Uh, all right, good to know. Also, going back to your Lily Suwan, I love it. It, it seems like this fic is doing what I love when, when fics do. As an author, I, like for example, I'm I'm reading a, a Witcher fic right now, and in the author's notes for chapter two, it's like my current estimate is around eight or nine chapters total. I've plotted six and like, it's a completed fic. It is 23 chapters <laughs> and over uh -huh. 82,000 words. 
Because <laughs> I remember you were like, oh, it's going to be like three chapters. Yep. It was supposed to be three chapters. I was like, maybe 12,000 words. No, not even close. Yeah, I fell into the old pit of I'm going to start this and I have a planned ending. <laughs> Doesn't happen. But yeah, I just, yeah, I just love when fics get away from an author and they finish it. I will finish this if it kills me. I will not abandon this because there's very little content out there and that makes me sad. I would like more content for Lillian Suwan to be out in the world and I can't really complain. I mean, I could complain about it, but I refuse to. Um, but I can't complain about it if I'm not also contributing to be like, hey, look, I wrote this thing. Like, you should write this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Always the Lily Suwan agenda on this pod. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, are we ready to get into it? <laughs> 20 minutes later. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, chapter 141, Authority. Uh, to begin with, we are in a new volume mm -hmm. with a gorgeous cover with Suwan and Yona to remind us that they're at odds. Um, I really love the like dreamy yearning feel in their eyes. I yeah, so did I. I, I thought it was like the watercolor-ness of it made it seem really dreamy, but yeah, yeah their expressions too. It's just yeah. a very like wistful thing. Wistful is a good word for it. Yeah. Um, there's also a cute inside cover with a uh, hawk receiving a hawk sandwich <laughs> from Moondock and his littlest uh, family member whose name escapes me. Taeon. Yeah, uh, that is a dream. Tays. What's that? There are too many Tays in this manga. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> there are too many damn Tays in this manga. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, the ones that trip me up, I mean, like, for some reason, Tays don't bother me, but it's the U's. So oh, really? they're like, you know, and Yona and Yuhan. Yuhan and Yoon? 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 Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I, I know there's another one that I'm missing. Who did you say? Uh, Suwan's mom. Is it Yuni? Yoni? Oh. Maybe? All I can think of is Yuhan. Yes. <laughs> Just his dad, yeah, not his I mom. I think they're both yo's or yous. Yeah, yeah, too many Kuznagi, help me. Help me help the you. It's too damn high. Sorry, ancient, <laughs> ancient meme there. I'm ancient meme. With that one. Um, but I digress. Uh, we also have a nice chapter cover, too, because Suwon in armor. And as I said last pod episode, he looks really damn good in his armor. It uh, is Yanhi, by the way. I looked it up. Uh, his mom's name. Yeah. Why did and she I looked it up from the playlist his... that you made. So. Oh, nice. But, yeah, why did she give his parents such similar? Like, it's one thing to have a lot of, like, Yoons and Yans. But, like, those two specifically... I know. Or a couple. <laughs> like, You're supposed to not name everybody Matt. Like, that's a yeah. rule. Yeah. Although, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I have a cousin named Sean whose wife is Shauna. Okay, but that's in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have it's to fine do if real life fiction. people break fictional rules. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um... 
So in story, we begin with Suwon shocked that Yona has come to them, uh, Sans Hawk, and I love that he knows that usually wherever she goes, he follows. And without her usual backup, because he knows from his intel that the dragons are currently imprisoned, on behalf of Shing. It's a huge... I also, like... I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, no, that was it. I was just saying that, you know, he understands that it's a huge risk to her life. Yeah. So, going off of that, I liked the aspect of this that Yona knows Suwon. So, like, she knows that he's looking for Hawk. And I talk a lot about, like, Suwon and Hawk just kind of instinctively knowing each other. And Yona doesn't really get it all the time. But, like, I don't think that I give her enough credit because she clearly knows him pretty well. So, it's always really nice to me when we get reminded that, like, they did grow up together and they know each other pretty well. Um, So, it's cool that when you're reading this, you were focused on how much he knows Yona, whereas when I was reading it, I was viewing it from like the opposite point of view. Yeah. But like it's true, they both know each other very well. Yeah. And that's always fun. I did that maybe a couple pods ago, but specifically when she was like, How is Suwon going to think, oh, it's like this? Like it's just mm-hmm. so satisfying because, yeah, we we know, we know that Suwon and Hawk know each mm-hmm. other's brains inside and out. It's, it's rare to get the Yona side of it. It is rare, and it's more common for them to not get each other. Like, that's sort of changing here because she is making an effort to meet him where he is. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I want to get to know this Suwon because I know that, like, the person I grew up with isn't completely gone. But at the same time, I don't know him. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's easier for her. It's a bit of a construct, even. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's easier for her to pivot and be like, okay, I do sort of know him. And I'm going to make an effort to understand him, whereas he is very staunchly like, I refuse to understand her. But they did grow up together, so he does get her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Also, speaking of Yona, I love this like opening scene because I like how cool and calm she is with everything. Because it like shows her growth as a character. I feel like I'm going to get into this a little bit later in my thoughts. I have a point um, to make where I'll, I'll come back to this, but it, it's like a marked difference from the water tribe when he showed up and she was like trying to be brave and she it, it just came out like really scared, but still brave at the same time but like here she's just being brave she's like yeah like these people are surrounding me and they could kill me and honestly suan probably should at this moment but yeah. he's not going to and i'm gonna be confident in that whereas in the water tribe she was like get away from lily and like like really uptight and still clearly scared but pushing through it and here she's not she's just like yeah i can handle myself so it's a very cool moment yeah Alrighty, so um, as this is going on, <laughs> I typed judo senpai or senpai because I love him and I knew it. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that reaction. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just had to make that joke once for my man's. Uh, <laughs> 
Judo is likewise shocked, and the bitch known as Kishuk is still trying to manage the situation while wondering if Suwan has known all this time about Yona's survival. Um, Yona again entreats Suwan to consider peace with Shane, but he continues to brush her off, insisting that because Corinne's in charge, war is inevitable. Yona tries to appeal to his humanity by bringing up what Yuhan did to the Xing people, but to her surprise, he already knows. He brushes this off too, saying that such things happen in war, and when asked if he condones such behavior, he says, depending on the circumstances. And this is when Yona says one of her best lines in the series. Yeah! I see. Well, now I understand why Uncle Yuhan never could have become king. Fuck him up, Yona! Oh, yes. it's so good! It's so satisfying. And so Suwan, satisfying. And Suwan, whose ass has just been red, is shook. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, and even she's just like, oh, that got a reaction. Like, God bless you, girl. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I do love that that was sort of like a stab in the dark, and she was like, oh, yeah, I, I really did, like, like uh, get where he was coming from. Because we don't, at this point, really know what's going on with all that, right? With you, Like, why he's anything. acting the way that he is. Oh, Suwan? Yeah. I don't. In regards to Shing, I don't think so. I feel like at this point, all we know is that Yuhan did bad things and Suwan is like, yeah, probably, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. he's willing to brush it off. Yeah, and we knew from way early in the manga that he, he idolized his father. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. You could probably put two to two, two and two together. Yeah. Um, yeah so there's that okay. um i do also really like um you yona gets a reaction shot of uh after after suwan says this this sort of thing happens in war and she's like no the fuck it does not <laughs> like, i am not standing for this this does not happen in my wars yeah god bless her um and I only just realized in this read through the double meaning in Yona's words, because I've always focused on her insulting the dad that Suwan idolized. And mm -hmm. I only just realized rereading today that she's also calling his suitability as a ruler into question because oh, yeah. he, you know, she just got him to admit, yes, I condone his actions. And she has just said those actions mean he should never have been king. Yeah, so by exactly. Extension, Suwon, she is. So yeah, like, yeah. She's so like watching him. On this girl. <laughs> the audacity. She does have it today. Um, yeah, she's like watching it play out. And she's like, this is a bad idea. Your father would have done the same thing. And it would have been a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, she's um, really coming for everyone. Yeah. And I also love that we get a great shot of her eyes after Suwan's shocked look, because I just feel like it really emphasizes, you know, I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Also, I like that we've moved on from the 
her eyes are ablaze sort of like cheesiness because they do this again where he's like i can't move i'm just like yeah stuck here. yeah um but they don't really like play up the cheesiness and they're not like i see about fire, the fire in, her in her eyes specifically yeah. like yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 they just sort of like it's a little bit cheesy but it's it's toned down a little bit and i appreciate that yeah uh, so continuing on, Yona insists that uh, Suwon stay and talk since they haven't had a real chance to do so since the night everything changed. Ooh, yeah. get him, girl. Pluto <laughs> and the bitch known as Keisha can't believe it. Meanwhile, she's got the, what we just described, that fiery determined Yona face on. And like so many before him, Suwon can't help but be affected by it. He mentally wonders why he's so frozen frozen when Yona seemingly has no cards left to play, conjuring up a memory of King Eel calling her the reincarnation of Hiryu. <laughs> and I don't know, have we seen yet him with this memory? Is this the first time we've seen this memory of his? I can't remember. Wait, which memory? I'm sorry. Him, him remembering Eel calling her the reincarnation of Hiryu. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think so. And I honestly didn't remember that as a plot point. Like, I didn't know that he knew. I thought that was weird. Yeah, I know it comes up way later. Uh, and things we'll probably get to in like a year. Okay. Uh, and because I, I think it kind of feeds into his disdain for the religion. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I didn't remember it getting placed here and it is kind mm -hmm. of weird here. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't either. To be honest. Yeah. No, I didn't know what to make of that scene. So I just kind of forgot that it existed. <laughs> I forgot that it existed. So um, yeah, we'll go with your point. Yeah. No worries. So Suwan asked Yona if, she had anything to do with the fire tribe shenanigans and her answering look. She doesn't say anything. She just continues to stare, confirms <laughs> it for them. Uh, the bitch known as Kishuk is the first to recover and realizing that Yona is an even bigger threat than he thought immediately tries to order her and Algira's death to Sawan's reluctance. He only wants them restrained. And Keisha can't believe that Suwan's let such a dangerous person, able to influence the fire tribe even, live. And he realizes yes. that Judo knew as well. Yes. I agree. Like, <laughs> Keisha is making points. Judo, when he said, hey, Hawk's a fucking liability. Like, you have to kill him. Made some points. <laughs> Suwan is so, like... He is letting emotions cause his judgment. And I love it. And I love all of this. But, like, they are justifiably, like, annoyed and scared at this point. Because they're like, this is going to fuck up our whole operation. And, like, yeah, it is. You guys are right. <laughs> <laughs> from where you're coming from. Yeah. So, I don't know. They made some points. Yeah. I love that Judo's not saying anything either. Because, like, Kishok's immediately trying to turn on him and be like, you knew about this, too? Because, again, I'm sure him and Suwon were both, like, 
Kishuk is going to make this a thing. We just don't want to deal with this right now. Let's just not say well, anything. I feel like he's not his first priority. I'm sure Judo isn't like, you know what? Kishuk really needs to know about this. I'm sure he just didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it well, would be upsetting. Just to have taken the approach, like maybe if we ignore it, Yona will just go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point, Sulan has taken that approach too. Everybody's like, please God, just like, Go away. <laughs> Be nice. And she's like, no, I'm going to cause problems on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of causing problems on purpose. Speaking of causing problems on purpose, uh, before further action can be taken, uh, it's our girl, Lily. Yes. Oh, my God. I have to. At the, it was at this point that I realized that I do not remember any of this arc. Because I don't remember Lily being involved in this arc, to be honest. And I was so excited to see her. Yeah, She's so good in this chapter. Like, I, I, the the second Lily showed up, I was like, I'm just vibing. Like, I don't even want to take notes at this point. I just want to read this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's right, Keyshook, you sentient menstrual cramp. Yona's network <laughs> extends beyond the fire tribe. Um, Lily, having come to see why the troops have stopped, has stumbled upon the scene. She demands to know what they're doing, pointing spears at her friend, and declares that she'll make them pay if they hurt her. That's right. Which, That's a good girlfriend yes. right there. Yes, she is such a fucking ride or die here. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I love in this panel, I mentioned this on Twitter, I love Suwan's My Wife Caught Me Slipping energy right here. Mm-hmm. because she she lily rides up and she's just like what are you guys doing and just like his startled like oh lily <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was not expecting that he was definitely expecting to just be able to do his own thing and both lily and yona are here to like get in his way yeah that's a good segue into uh the commentary the only commentary in this chapter that i have um if you will allow me a sidebar for just like two seconds go ahead okay so i've been thinking about something i mentioned last week because i am a narcissist um but (laughs) here's my fully formed thought after i've thought about it for a little bit and we've gotten into like this chapter. This arc feels like Yona is getting better while Suwan is getting worse. He's isolating himself and only acting on his own plans without listening to anyone else, like refusing Yona without even meeting with her and staying away from Lily and keeping her from learning anything about his plans, like trying, like being surprised that she showed up at all. Yes, and even um, even though I'm loath to admit that Kishuk is making points, like he's even like putting Kishuk off like for from killing them because Kishuk is like we, we need to kill them right now and then she's like dude don't and Kishuk's like okay I understand not in front of witnesses and Suwon just like mm, just restrain them like yeah Suwon. exactly <laughs> and he is also sort of giving legitimacy to Yona by like entertaining her at all and not having her killed or imprisoned or anything like that he's yeah. just like yeah because <laughs> dude I mean, it's right. He has a soft spot that he refuses Mm -hmm. to admit. But yeah, that's true. Even Keishuk, he refuses, but he refuses Keishuk a lot, to be honest. (laughs) Um, And then meanwhile, Yona is really coming into her own own here. 
Uh, this feels like the final bookend to her journey with Suwon. She started the series unable to move when she saw him, and now she's openly calling him out for being awful. Pawning the hairpin was the symbol of her letting go and moving on, and here we get to see that in action. She's moved on, but he's, like, burrowing harder into the past. Yes. In, in certain ways, and, like, burrowing into himself in others. Yes. File that under reasons. This is my favorite arc. Uh, I love that <laughs> Mm-hmm. okay was thank that, you okay. yes that was it that was uh my only commentary <laughs> in my notes i have actual commentary and everything else is just like yeah i like this <laughs> <laughs> nothing else of intelligence is gonna happen this chapter oh, that was perfect that was thank perfect you. That, that you you can write off that for honestly like three episodes it was really well <laughs> thank you <laughs> Uh, moving on, Lily does masterful PR work for Yona, calling the Sky <laughs> Tribe out for trying to kill Yona after driving her from the palace. Then she tells the Water Tribe soldiers that Yona was instrumental in solving their Nadai crisis, and to hurt her would insult the memory of the loved ones they lost to the drug. The impact is immediate. Lily is able to determine that some of the Sky Tribe took part in Eel's assassination, as their water tribe begin, as the water tribe begins shouting their thanks and promising to spread the word of Yona's misdeeds, or not her misdeeds, her just deeds, her good yeah, deeds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> misdeeds oh according God. to history book. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, all I could think about was they were like, "We promise to carry on your legacy." I was like, "So many babies are going to be born and named after Hawk and Yona." That like. 40% of the population is going to be Hawker Yona. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Be like, you saved my life. I owe you. Let me name my firstborn after you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, so Keyshook looks on in displeasure as more years are added to my life. And Tetra is embarrassed by Lily's audacity. <laughs> oh my God. Her crying over Lily being an absolute maniac is so funny. Yes. <laughs> She's like, and oh my God. The king, too, because remember, Tetra <laughs> has hopes for them, their, their coupling. Oh, that's <laughs> true. She's like, fuck, he's never going to marry her now. But I mean, little does she know that Suwon really likes this. So <laughs> <laughs> this is probably just like really working. For, it will really work for him once he gets out of this situation. Right now, I think he's just like tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and after hugging and thanking Lily, Yona once more asks Suwon to consider peace talks. He asks why she thinks it's possible. And I love that he finally is starting to look a little irritated here. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's like, my God, she just won't give up. Uh, and Yona points out that they don't want their people to die, they being Tao and Corinne, and surely mm -hmm. he doesn't either. And to Kishuk's continual displeasure, Suwon finally concedes to a peace summit, but under terms he don't he doesn't think will be met. He asks that both Tao and Corinne attend, and he asks that they hand over military might to Coca. Mm -hmm. But they get to keep government jurisdiction. Yeah, and like, so like they get to make their own laws. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, with that, Yona and Algira, who's just been like chilling this entire time, 
uh, finally right off to convey the message to Shing. And as whispers about the night of Eel's death begin to circulate, because again, people are like, okay, what we thought happened obviously didn't happen. What does this mean? Like, does that mean that, you know, this, and you know, people are like, shush, shush, we can't talk about this right now. So it's like already sowing discord. Uh, mm-hmm. Lily tells Suwan she hopes she hasn't undermined him, which I love. Like, girl, you just massively undermined him. <laughs> what are you talking That's about? That's all she did for the past five minutes. She's just like, I hope that didn't mess up your whole flow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she acknowledges. She's so perfect. I love her. Uh, she acknowledges that she owes Suwan as well, but she doesn't want him to hurt Yona, who means a great deal to her. And we leave off on his face, his reaction to that, which, what do you make of his face here? I wasn't quite sure what to make of his expression. Do you have any thoughts? No, because in my notes, I have (laughs) uh, a prediction that you were going to tell Kishuk to die mad about it, (laughs) but I was wrong. You just have, you just pointed out his bitch face. Um, Yes, but he can die mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) that's the general vibe uh no i don't remember his face so i am looking it up right now uh while i do that though i did have one small note about earlier in this chapter that i didn't bring up um which is to say that um early in the chapter when Jonas says hawk's not here Suwan thinks, did Hawk get captured too? Because he knows that the dragons have been captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I just want to like put that out there as uh, um, evidence for the fact that um, that is in his mind the only conceivable reason that she would come alone. He does not see her as brave or capable. And oh, she will always like hide behind Hawk. So the fact that he's not there, he's like something awful must have happened like there must be a reason behind hawk not being here and it can't be that she thought that she could come alone yeah okay whoops they went too far okay um no okay so i read his face as like I mean, we can't get too into it, but I think he's starting to get really, like, tired. No, I'm um, just tired. <laughs> That's fair. So I, d- I just think that, like, everything, including Yona and Lily ganging up on him a little bit and being like, hey, this is fucked up. You can't move forward with this plan. Combined with other things in his life are just sort of the like... Fire tribe flare and, yeah. The fire tribe flare, yeah, everything. It's just all sort of, like combining in him and it's just making him like just really tired so i'm sorry i'm I, you just gave me an idea i want to edit his face with um the horse ebook tweet everything happens so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah perfect it is perfect Okay. Because really, it's true. Everything does happen so much to Suan. <laughs> I mean, he brings a lot of it on himself, but... Yeah, so that's my reading of it. What was your opinion of his face? Like, how'd you read I, it? I couldn't figure it out. That's <laughs> why I asked. Because I was like, he's... He, 
you know, but tired, tired is it. I think that is it. Cause I was like, he looked unhappy. That's as far as I gotten, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. happy about? she's like, it's specifically to her being like, Hey, Yona means a great deal to me. Mm, uh, yeah. So I was like, okay. Why is it? So yes, that makes perfect sense that he's just like, God. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, she is a problem. He's tried so hard for her not to be a problem, but alas. Yeah. I do also think that has something to do with it. Lily saying that she's important, um, that like he doesn't get to be part of her life anymore. Like I think there's, Oh, that too. There is also still some sort of residual sadness that he had to part ways with Hawk and Yona and he doesn't dwell on it a lot, but I do think that it exists. And so I think that also is exhausting to him. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to pretend I do not care. <laughs> but if anybody online has other ideas about what Suwan's face means here, please tweet at us or email yes. us or whatever. We would love to hear other thoughts. Yes. Friendly reminder, we're English majors. We love to overanalyze. <laughs> we will overanalyze the shit out of things. Yes. So thank you for indulging me. Uh, and to end the chapter, back at the border, the Wind Tribe is contemplating whether or not they'll need to defy a royal decree, or if they're already doing so just by having Hawk among them. <laughs> and I love the way that they mention it, too. I'm, I'm pretty sure Hang Day is like, uh, oh, have we not done that yet? <laughs> like, we've broken <laughs> so many other laws. <laughs> so good. Oh, I just love everything about the Wind Tribe vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just then, mysterious hooded figures arrive. Vold identifies them as the, you know, essentially the official anti-war faction. They're mm-hmm. aristocrats who support Tao. And led by a shady-looking priest, Gobi, they've come to try and get Tao back after hearing she's in- been imprisoned by Corinne. And mm-hmm. they express gratitude to Hawk for helping support peace with their country. But canny hawk clocks that they are sketchy as fuck yeah that's true (laughs) and this has nothing to do with anything real but i'm pretty sure it took me the entire arc to figure out that gobi was a man oh really i for some reason thought that he was a woman and to this day i struggle to remember that gobi is a man (laughs) every time he shows (laughs) up i'm like that is an old woman i don't know why yeah he does have a bit of crone face like i could see that Uh, (laughs) that was my nickname in college (laughs) anyway yes goby is a man if anybody out there following along for the first time is also confused no goby is not you are not alone (laughs) you are not you are seen (laughs) we will be dumbasses together (laughs) So we go in now to chapter 142, An Encounter. Mm-hmm. And we open with Naguro displeased at the arrival of the anti-war faction, knowing they'll just sow more discord. Sure enough, they're making a spectacle in front of the palace, demanding Tao's return and questioning the leadership of Corinne. Gobi pulls some typical religious zealot shit by saying that they'll be divinely punished for their brutality and before Yotaka can rock Gobi shit for the veiled threats <laughs> against Corinne, the princess herself arrives. Mm-hmm. 
He dismisses Gobi's attempts at manipulation. Uh, you know, he tries tactics such as, you know, your father's going to die any time. You should really be with him. And he tries telling her, you know, oh, Tao's been chosen by God to lead an era of peace. Like, you know, she, she sees past all that and she calls him out on wanting Tao on the throne simply because he thinks he can manipulate her easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but Karen points out the flaw in his plan. Tao's no idiot, and she's already wisely rebuffed Gobi and his, you know, cohort's advances. She tells him to get lost like he and his posse did during the last war, because apparently they just fled to some remote island. Yeah, get fucked, dude. (laughs) Um, I do think it's really funny that Gobi is this, like, he clearly sees himself as this master manipulator, and (laughs) literally everybody sees through him. He's really bad at this. Yeah, but he like comes in and he's like, "Ooh, let me like be the worm tongue of the situation and whisper in your ear." And Corinne is like, "Fuck off!" And then like they meet up with Yona and Hawk and and um, Algira, and he's like, "Oh, well, you couldn't go see them because it's really late. You should go tomorrow." And they're like, "What the actual fuck are you talking about? Get out of the way!" Like, they're yeah. just, like so done with him. They, he gets nowhere. But I, I don't know. I think it's very <laughs> funny. Um, also about i think it might be the scene or it might be the scene like right after but um i think naguro says they shed no blood and take no responsibility Uh, yeah you're a little ahead (laughs) i'm ahead okay please continue i have thoughts about that yes no worries so yotaka expresses his dislike of these guys uh saying what you were about to quote (laughs) Uh, they talk peace and love, but shed no blood and take no responsibility. All mm-hmm. they do is try and take advantage of those in power. Yeah. Did you have thoughts on that? Um, I will defer to you and then add oh, my. No, I just wanted to. It felt like an important quote, so I kept it. And and my my thoughts are the quote itself. So please expound. <laughs> That it is important. Yeah. No, I mean, you probably, we don't probably need to expound on this, but yeah, it's just this like continued theme of uh, battle and death sometimes being necessary. And it's always interesting to see that both in action and like refusing to have bloodshed at all. And then like Suwan and Yuhan's side of sometimes beheading people and throwing heads at, <laughs> at innocent victims is necessary or both uh, looked at with the same disdain of like, yeah. ooh, like there you have to have a balance <laughs> and what, like going too far in either extreme is um, frowned upon. Which I think is fun. Yeah. Uh, so also during this, your, um, excuse me, Naguro is irked when he notices Yotaka vainly applying Coca's beauty cream, which apparently works very well. Uh, and then the two squabble over mention of Vold and Algira. Um, then Yotaka reflects on Karen as a leader. He doesn't think that she's leading them to destruction, remembering how she formed the five stars in response to the first war and held the severed head of one of her subjects at only 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's such a nasty panel. Yeah, the panel is so fucking chilling. Just um it's cut off enough so you wouldn't necessarily know it's a severed head. You just see like the top of hair, like potentially she could just be cradling someone in her arms, but you've got Yotaka's um or excuse me, uh Naguro's thought over it, which specifically mm-hmm. tells you it's like, hey, she's ten years old here. 
that's a severed head. And she's just staring stonily with the head with tears streaming down her face. Yeah. She is extremely traumatized by this. And I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. Um, So we see that this event is also what earned Corinne the loyalty of Yotaka because he's a survivor of that war. And indeed we see now that it's where he got those facial scars And he recalls how she glared at the nation of demons while the adults cowered in fear. That's a pretty badass line, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, So Naguro asks Yotaka not to go anywhere, even though the stars are in shambles. He says he and probably Mazari as well have nowhere to go. And Mm -hmm. both men declare that they'll remain at Corinne's side no matter what the future holds. Foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Corinne releases Tao to go be with their father. And after wondering how Yona could resist being consumed by hatred when Suwan killed her father, an act that con- seemingly confirms Corinne's idea of Suwan, she tells Tao that she's going forward with her plan. She believes Yona is dead and, you know, failed. And now it's too late to turn back. So she must meet Suwan in war. And I think this really goes with, you know, what what you've said earlier uh, during this arc, which is just that this arc is really about like dark timeline Yona and mm-hmm. how things could have turned out. And Corinne is very much dark timeline Yona because yeah, she's, she let the hatred consume her and Yona hasn't. And Corinne still can't fathom how that can be. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, at the border, Teyu is trying to convince Hawk to go back to Fuga because it's been long enough and they'll protect him from Suwan. Wait, I love that line. I think it's so sweet. Like, okay, so Teyu, like, I didn't notice this the first time that I was reading it, but he, like, clearly idolizes Hawk. And he rarely admits that he likes or loves anybody. And here he's like, come home. We'll protect you from Suwon. And I think it's like devastatingly sweet that he's like, he misses Hawk so much that he's willing to overcome his like teenage sullenness. And also that they're willing to like fight off a murderous king for their like brother. And is this also when Hawk is like, hey, you know, I've already left the Wind Tribe. Like, it's on you now. He says that at the very end, so it's not the very. Here. He okay, just ignores Teo at this point. Okay. Yes, fair, because boom, hoof. But yeah, I didn't have that last bit in my notes. I was like, that definitely happened. So thank you for telling me where. Yeah. Uh, but just then, hoof beats. It's Algira on horseback with the princess behind him. Yeah. Yona is exhausted. Uh which I love when he first shows up and you just see Algira mm-hmm. on the horseback and Suwan looks, sh- or not Suwan, sorry, Hawk looks shocked. And I wonder if it's also because for a second you might think, oh God, what happened to Yona? I think that you can just see a little bit of her hood at his back. Gotcha. Can you? I'm confirming now, but going to assume, yes. Um, yes, I also really like it's like, unless you know, she's there and you're looking for it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, where is she? Yeah. Cause they're already kind of on pins and needles. Cause she's taking longer than expected. And then boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, so you're yeah. right. No, that's, that's a little bit later when you can see her. T- 
I just make this up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so when they say, Algier, you're back, yeah, you can just make out. But before that, all you see is his horse and Algier. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, huh, maybe that, maybe that is why Hawk's freaking out. He's like, uh, okay, you had one job. <laughs> Either way, it's shocking. Oh, wait, no, you can see her arms. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. This is going on really long, but you can't see her arms. Okay, good, good. <laughs> All right, so Yona is exhausted, and she swoon falls into Hawk's arms. Uh, mm-hmm. But the embarrassment this causes her, you know, wakes her right up. She immediately shoves herself back onto the horse and asks to see Karan, which I cackled when Hung Day's just or Hang Day's just standing there, like, did Princess Yona just reject you? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one, her using his head to push herself back up and away from him, like, cracked me up. And then two, him saying, did you just get rejected? No one in the Wind Tribe will let Hawk live. (laughs) They clearly love him, and they're like, look, we want you to come home. We'll protect you from the murder. But also, the second he talks to Yona, they're like, haha, she doesn't love you. (laughs) Like, peak teen boy. Uh, which reminds me, I just had a flashback to, I think it was junior year chemistry class and we had like a, a foreign exchange student for the day. And I want to say he was from like, he was from like France or England. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a girl in my class, Kayla asked him if he would ever date an American girl. And he said, no. And Angel, who you remember, Angel, uh-huh. <laughs> says very loudly in response, did you just get denied? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Poor Kayla. Yeah, which Kayla put, brushed it off. She was like, I wouldn't date him anyway. But it's like, okay, girl. Yeah, okay, we yeah. all believe that. But yeah, that's hang day right now. Did you <laughs> <laughs> Very loudly for yeah. everyone to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before that happened, it was a very cute moment. Just oh my God, there. so cute. I'm such a sucker for these things. Yes, the way they just look at each other and she's got the soft, ah, like. Mm-hmm. And oh. also I, I like when like people fall asleep on other people's shoulders. It's very cute. Um, yeah. I'm still working my way through Chihayafuru because it's very long and there's a lot of like Karada, which to be honest, my eyes are just kind of glazing over at this point, but mm. I'm close to the end. Anyway, they Chihai and Taichi have uh, have a lot of falling asleep on each other's shoulders moments. Aww, and one the of the cutest ones is they're like coming home from a tournament and he has his like head up against a window and so she's like, that's like, that's not comfortable. So she just sort of like guides him over to her shoulder. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, they're nice. Apparently things are not nice for them because he said, hey, I'm in love with you. And she's like, I can't answer you. And they're not really speaking at the moment. Oh, but, wow. Um, it's okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It is cool to like see that treatment though, because a lot of, a lot of the time in like manga, people will be like, oh yeah, no, it's totally cool that you rejected me. I don't care. I just wanted you to know. And then they're like completely fine afterwards. Yeah. It's like, no, there is awkwardness most of the time with something like that. Exactly. Exactly. So I do appreciate that they're like leaning into the awkwardness. He's like not completely ignoring her, but at the same time, 
when they meet up when he's not expecting it he's like i like really need some space you need to go away so i appreciate that yeah just like there's awkwardness here because this is yona and hawk's first (laughs) reunion since she kissed him without Mm -hmm. realizing it so yeah of course she's gonna be so exhausted that she kind of falls into his arms and is immediately like this is not okay (laughs) (laughs) too close (laughs) yeah god bless uh so now that she's awake she conveys that her message is time sensitive uh so they're off to go talk to corinne but she's delayed by Gobi, who as you said earlier uh thinks he's this mastermind and he's trying to say that you know they should come back the next day corinne needs a rest and hawk immediately susses out that he's stalling them and yona just steamrolls forward i love that panel i think she's got her elbows out and everything like she's <laughs> She's just like <laughs> she's so ready to elbow people out of the way. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, so good. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so they steamroll forward, um, and alas, they discover that Corinne's guards have been killed, and the door is barricaded. And then Hawk and Algira get this really cool jock team up where they kick the door open together. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, they're wondering what's going on. And then Naguro, arrow in the middle of his chest, is currently standing defensively in front of Corinne, who's also standing in front of Tao. End Ooh. of chapter. End of chapter. What a cliffhanger. What a if I cared about Naguro more, I might care a lot more about this. Oh, <laughs> you not? Uh. I don't know. He doesn't do it for me. I will say that I started reading the next chapter just because, like, I I set it up. I leave it in a tab open for, like, next week so I don't have to remember where yeah. we are from week to week. And so I clicked to the next one and I was like, holy shit, what an opening, like, scene. So I'm excited to talk about yeah, next week. I, I, my point is that I couldn't stop reading. I just kept scrolling and I got through, like, half the chapter and I was like, no, no, I cannot do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right back in. This, is, this is some great stuff. and. More Dark Timeline Yona and Dark Timeline Hawk in this instance, which we get to discuss next episode. It'll be really cool, exciting shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with that, that is the end of our latest recap. Any final thoughts before we end with our fun shit? Uh, Nope. Not for that chapter. Okay. So would you like to do a question or a trope? Actually, wait. I'm going to decide for you because it occurred to me that my trope is relevant to this chap these chapters. But we can also do the question after if you so choose. No, we could do the trope. Uh, I think we're going long anyway. Oh, okay, excellent. And I might, after we end recording, give you the question because, to be honest, it might take some thought, and I might okay. haven't yes. thought up my answers. But the trope, uh, mm-hmm. I glazed through this earlier because I wanted to bring it up at the end. So. My trope is going to be important haircut, which you know what this is. It's mm-hmm. when a character cuts off their hair. It often symbolizes a rite of passage or about character growth, a princess striking out in an adventure, or a new recruit at boot camp, for instance. Partying with it voluntarily can be greatly symbolic. Um, one of the most popular uh, instances, and it is, in fact, the picture on the TV Tropes page is Mulan, Mulan. doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I bring it up because uh, in the flashback when 
Niguro is talking about Corinne and how she reacted after the war, we do see that scene of her chopping her long hair off Mm -hmm. to signify like the shift in who she was. Mm -hmm. So yeah, where do you fall for important haircut? Uh, I don't know. I'm not tired of it. I know it's kind of a cliche for like women who are sad and like going through a breakup to cut off their hair, but even that I don't really care about. Like I'm, I'm for it. (laughs) I do crazy stuff with my hair when I'm bored. So I get it. Um, But I like it, especially in contexts like, like Suwon, (laughs) what the fuck? Mulan (laughs) and um, Corinne cutting hers off to. Yeah. I think it has more impact in like those fantasy type settings. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I agree. It, it does have more impact and I like it more there, but I don't even mind when it's a cliche. Like, I, gotcha. I don't know. I like it. Okay. What about you? Uh, about the same. I, I do kind of roll my eyes at it in non fantasy settings when it's just like you said, like she's sad, but you then. <laughs> it's like yeah i mean we just do that as women it's like whether it's dyed yeah. it's like, can i really fault it for being a cliche when it's really true to life <laughs> <No>, right <laughs> you enter a new stage and you're like i gotta change my hair <laughs> exactly yeah. like i'm not gonna fault you for this yeah, I do so, it. Like, <laughs> in hindsight it's like okay that's fair but i do tend to think it more you know i guess legitimate's not the right word but it's more powerful, I guess, in the fantasy yeah. setting when it's something like this, like Mulan having to go off to war or mm-hmm. Corinne having to grow up really fast and take lead of a country after being profoundly traumatized. Like, mm-hmm. Or Yona cutting her own hair off when Taejun was holding it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So speaking of uh, that and also women being sad, um, one of the best moments of uh, uh there's a fic i'll put it up in the description notes i don't remember what it's called but it's basically uh yona works for the government and hawk is a personal trainer and that's how they meet and so at the beginning she is dating suan and then they break up a little way into it and so she like she's kind of friends with hawk at this point and she's sort of like barges into his apartment and she's like okay i need your scissors i'm gonna cut my hair because my boyfriend has broken up with me <laughs> he's like do not do this and then she does it anyway <laughs> yeah. but it's it's fun it's a good moment i do really i, I really enjoyed that fic that one's a good one so i recommend that one um but yeah she did they she gets both where in the original source material she cuts it off for fantasy reasons <laughs> in the au reimagining it's like a breakup so yeah <laughs> i love that yeah. uh, i don't think i've read that one so feel free to send my way and i'm sure you'll we'll link it there the pod notes as well yes it's by the same person who did the college AU that I really liked. The one where they all oh. live in the same house. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so I probably can access it myself then because I, I've done No, I mean, I'll send it to you. But <laughs> but it's well, an author who has a history of, like, giving satisfying stories. Yeah. Love that. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, okay. That's it from me. Do you want to take us out? I don't get to give a trope. Oh, you have a trope. I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have to. We could save it. No, 
give me okay. control. Um, well, we are going to get into it more next week, but you did sort of mention uh, Dark Timeline, Hakiona, and also Yona falling into Hawk's arms. Uh, so I guess Ooh. it's a good week for Bodyguard Crush. Oh. Uh, so it I'm is. Tell you right now, ain't tired of it. <laughs> ain't tired of it. Give me all of that shit. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's so fucking good. Um, I think I just put this. I mean, like, obviously, we both really like this. So I think I just put it on there because I thought the um, the the. The example given was funny. So I believe the description on TV tropes is that like the bodyguard loves from afar. Um, yeah. And so I found this because I was looking through the Snow White with the red hair TV tropes page. And uh, it's it was either written by someone very in denial or it was written like 10 years ago because the <laughs> the example for that is Obi has been slowly developing one on Shiryuki. At this <laughs> point he has like literally admitted to other characters that he's in love with her. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so you know. Um, oh. I do like to think it's just a delusional person who's like, no, he does not. <laughs> um yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> that was a really short one because, yeah, we both really love it. Love that. Yeah, God, such a good trope. Well, thank you for that. Now are you ready to take us out <laughs> now that we've covered all our bases? Now I am allowed to say that we are on Twitter at the Unipod. Uh, same for Gmail and the Unipodcast on Tumblr. And then our personals are Witchy Evan for, of course, Evan. It would be funny if that was mine. (laughs) 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 I'm instead of writing without the A. Um, I think it's cute that you're without the A when your name is Alex. I know it's an adventure, (laughs) but adorable. Yeah, I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, I, I did it because instead of writing, like, properly was actually taken. Um. But you know what? I'm going to claim it. I'm going to say, yeah, I did that totally on purpose. You should. Oh, but I don't think I've ever talked about this before. But um, my, like, name in that that shows up um, on Twitter is uh, maybe Alice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because people hear my name as Alex yeah. a lot. Or Alice a lot because I'm Alex. Um, so that's the joke. It makes me laugh every time I see it. But I don't know if anybody ever gets it. <laughs> Also, if I recall correctly, your Twitter handle was initially because it was to document things you were doing instead of writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's uh, that's why I picked that handle. Yeah. Alex is just the comedy genius, you guys. <laughs> I, just, I just like to laugh, except apparently I can't because everything that I have written recently has been very dramatic. It's just like, when will comedy return from the war? But maybe that's to the benefit. Like, maybe I'm not funny. So everybody's like, thank God she's not trying anymore. <laughs> oh, no. I think it's, I think that's, I mean, look at that. What was that rom-com that we both, oh, Book Lovers. Mm. That one, they explore, you know, their traumas and whatnot. Just, and that's, that's true. That they does get funny. Like, too. Yeah. Emily Henry is so good at walking that line, though. The drama never feels melodramatic. And the comedy is actually really good. 
Well, well now, that's how it is for you too. You just don't see yourself that way. Thanks. Sorry, it feels like I'm fishing for compliments at this point. No. I'm not. So we can move on. I know you never fish um, for Yeah, so that's it. Uh, <laughs> and I guess we will not see you next week because we're going to go on vacation. I'm very excited about this. Uh, but we'll be back in two weeks to talk about uh, Naguro and his uh, <laughs> arrow in his chest. So that's fun. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.